Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to another edition of Alternative News brought to you by Andrew Irving from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament. Today we will speak about the CFMEU, the Let Them Stay campaign continues, Black Mist White Rain speaking tour. The CFMEU has been, and still is, on the receiving end of much of the coalitions and the corporation media's war on unions. The recent royal witch hunt into trade unions devoted a great deal of time and taxpayers' money to come up with very little of substance. Rita Malia is the president of the New South Wales branch of the construction division CFMEU in New South Wales. In an interview with The Guardian, she said she had started with the CFMEU almost 20 years ago. She has a law degree. She joined the branch in October 1996. Later on, she became the senior legal officer and then worked leading the branch's legal work in an industrial sense and through the first of the Royal Commissions. Ultimately, she was appointed as the president in 2011 and then elected in her own right in 2012. Rita Molina said it's a privilege to work for building workers. After all, they did build the country and it's a fascinating industry. It's an industry where there is a lot of exploitation, so there is a great need for a union. Original Act under the Howard government and the current situation are very similar. They are almost a police force for the industry. They basically are supposed to be enforcing either the Fair Work Act or what was then the Workplace Relations Act in its original format. For breaches of that legislation, they basically spent all of their time starting prosecuting cases against the unions, particularly the CFMEU. They almost only focused on the activists of the union. They didn't really deal with the non-compliance by employers, either in safety or non-payment of wages. They are ultimately there to intimidate workers not to participate in their union because people get threatened about prosecutions all the time by the Fair Work Building Commission, FWBC. There was a change to the legislation under the Labor government, but its powers are almost exactly the same. They just spend their time trying to put together cases against the union, ultimately to prevent workers from having a union that is effective. It is part of the right-wing agenda to damage and destroy the labour movement and to use the legal system to do that. The legislative regime in this country does not support people exercising rights at work, either the right to strike or to have ready access to their union representatives. She said, we're not going to let technicalities prevent us from dealing with safety issues or representing our members' interests. We've got prosecution against us arising out of taking protected action in our victory against Borrell in getting a really good enterprise agreement up on behalf of a concreting company. 
It's a very right-wing political agenda to use the law to monster unions and workers and delegates away from being active and vocal in the workplace. There are two officials in Victoria who are being prosecuted for blackmail in the context of representing their members. This is a concern for all unions that really has a much broader impact. There is a lot happening in the law in this area, which is being used fundamentally to attack workers' rights, entitlements and the very existence of the trade union movement. Rita said their focus is on trade unions fighting very hard to get better safety and better regulation in the industry, particularly around the issue of safety but also around the issue of compliance. There are hundreds of millions of dollars that haven't been paid in superannuation across the country. The vast majority of it is not paid in the building industry. People who are relying on their superannuation for some sort of dignified retirement are not receiving their entitlements. The Australian Taxation Office does not enforce these conditions. There's a lot of non-compliance and exploitation of workers across the board in this industry, but the authorities seem less interested in that and more interested in destroying unions. Certainly, there is a feeling of intimidation and uncertainty on sites, preventing workers from speaking up. They are worried about being accused of breaching the law if they raise an issue of safety or of being caught up in some prosecution. The Turnbull government want to shore up the capacity of the ABCC's powers to undertake compulsory interrogations and increase penalties. The media certainly portrayed a picture of corruption and bikey gangs almost daily during the Royal Commission with the most disgusting headlines. All the criticism of the CFMEU across the country really is about its dealings with people in the industry and its militancy on behalf of its members. It just shows how one-sided the Royal Commission was. The Commission and the right-wing press used that as a great way to paint the unions in a poor light. If you put an $80 million Royal Commission into the bank sector, you would find many more people who have been doing the wrong thing. Rita further said that there is plenty of evidence of banks ripping off their customers to the tune of millions of dollars, but it's not in the interest of the federal government's mates to shine a light on that. The political climate in which we find ourselves is where unions are labelled in the worst possible light. We've got to counter that by showing the real issues that exist in the industry and to continue to fight for our members. Recommendations from the Royal Commission are referrals. Some are suggestions around legislative change. The big thing is this idea that union officials should somehow be held to the standard of a publicly listed corporation. That just seems unworkable and overblown. There are some lessons to be learned from some of the case studies about unions having good governance, being transparent in their processes, having members involved in the decision-making of the union. These are all features of the CFMEU currently, so we have no fear of any of these sorts of recommendations around governance. The Committee of Management has 26 building workers and a state council made up of another 30 or so workers. 
They are not directors. They don't get paid for what they do for the union. They are committed to the industry representing their fellow building workers. The idea that they should be given exposure to the same penalties as a director who is being paid $250,000 or $300,000 or $500,000 or millions of dollars a year on a corporate board is ridiculous. There is a recommendation that unions not be permitted to pay fines of individual workers or union officials. If people are doing their job, then their organisation should be able to indemnify them for doing a job. If such a proposal was adopted, it's just another way of providing a disincentive for people to stand up and be workplace representatives on the boards or committees of their union and union officials. Who's going to stand on a board or a committee often held in an honorary capacity? This all goes to the very heart of the right to freedom of association. The International Labour Organisation has found the ABCC laws breach international conventions regarding freedom of association and trade union rights. It is just all about making it very hard and scary for people to actively participate in their union. Finally, Rita concluded that the CFMEU will continue its fight on behalf of its members. The Conservatives blatantly go after institutions or system that challenges their free market neoliberalism. It's our job to counter that. The Let Them Stay campaign continues. The High Court handed down a decision that would have seen 267 men, women and children head straight back to Nauru. Instead, something remarkable happened. There is now a movement that has managed to do what had seemed almost impossible for more than a decade. It has amassed a majority of public support and fractured the bipartisan consensus on abusive treatment of people seeking protection. Since its beginning, the Let Them Stay movement has only continued to gather momentum, uniting religious institutions, doctors, nurses, premiers and chief ministers, union, teachers, academics, lawyers and pretty much the entire cross-section of the Australian community to prevent the deportation of these 267 refugees. Three weeks ago, the medical staff at Brisbane's Lady Salento Children's Hospital took a courageous stand and refused baby Asher into the hands of the Australian Border Force. What followed was unlike anything ever witnessed before. For 10 days and nights straight, people came from all over Queensland and Australia to stand in solidarity with the staff and maintain a vigil outside the hospital for fear baby Asha and her mother would be snatched away under the cover of night. Immigration Minister Peter Dutton finally responded to public pressure and allowed baby Asha and her family to move into the community. If it wasn't for the bravery of the staff of Lady Salento and the groundswell of support right across the country, baby Asha and her mother would have been on a plane to Nauru three weeks ago. 
people are taking it upon themselves to find creative ways of drawing attention to the issue. The Lady Salento vigil for baby Asher has proven the Australian government will respond to overwhelming community pressure, but there are still 267 men, women and children whose lives hang in the balance. People have finally had enough of the Australian government abusive detention regime and are eager to take this campaign to the next level. Over the coming weeks, GetUp will be pulling together guides and resources to equip members with the tools they need to step up the campaign. Missed White Rain Speaking Tour 2016 This coming April, ICANN Australia is hitting the road for a special speaking tour over four days in four cities. They will explore the ongoing impact of nuclear testing in our region and the inspiring triumph of cultural survival. 34 years ago, one million people marched in New York City to call for an end to the nuclear arms race. At the time, it was the biggest public protest in the United States history and reflected the growing power of the anti-nuke movement. Join the tour to hear from women from Sindula, from the Marshall Islands, and more inspiring people who will share their stories from the front line of the nuclear testing stories that bring home the urgent necessity for a treaty to outlaw nuclear bombs. The Black Mist White Rain Speaking Tour 2016 will be in Melbourne on Tuesday the 5th of April at 6pm and it will be held at the Dill Hall 26 Terry Street, Melbourne. For further details, email Jem Rommeld on gem at icanw.org.au or visit the website www.icanw.org.au Now, just another reminder about our activity to celebrate the life and achievements of John Ellis, which is being held on April 3rd, 2016. For over 57 years since the formation of the CICD, John has been part of our active campaign for peace and nuclear disarmament. John's work has documented the anti-war, Aboriginal, Union, refugee and anti-nuclear mining movements and community activism in general. His images are the largest non-government collection of historical significance within the left movement. We invite you to celebrate John's life and his achievements with us. So, on the 3rd of April, please join us to thank John for all his work for the CICD, the Social Justice Movement and Peace Movement. The event will be held on Sunday, the 3rd of April, from 2 to 6 p.m., at the Unitarian Peace Memorial Church, 110 Gray Street, East Melbourne. That is all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to Community Radio 3CR. Tune in again next week to another edition of Alternative News. I am Andrew Irving, looking forward to your company next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. 
For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.